to the danger room after a semi longer than normal break. I'm Mike, I'm hosting, and with me I have our usual cast members, Sploosh. How you doing? Great. And Deaton. What's up? What's up? And then we have the rest of our WTC team, Nathan, aka Sooner, also our captain. How you doing? Hey, doing well. And Jesse from Furious Finest. What's up? Hello there. There we go. <laughs> Excited he didn't to hear get this. it last time. His pairing card didn't have hello there on it, so it was a in hindsight mistake. No, I think Nathan added that last minute. So Oh, did you? Yeah. All yeah, right. It was on there. Okay, I'm I'm just way <laughs> off then. Don't listen to me. Okay. We are back from WTC, the World Team Championship over in Copenhagen, Denmark. This was the first one for Marvel, and we, what else? So it's a five-man team event where the teams are, you mostly a country, all people from the same country. We were one of three U.S. teams, and the basically every player has to build a, has to play a list that is unique across, like the characters have to be unique across their other teammates' lists. So you have to pick 50 unique characters across your entire team. Tactics and crises are not unique. And then when you get paired into another team, you have to win three out of five of your games to advance. And the pairing process is the captain's role priority. The winner decides if they want to be an A or a B, in team A or team B. Um, team B puts down one list out of their five and then team a puts down two lists out of their five and then team b gets to pair it how they wish they pick which one of the two they would like to play into and then anytime the other the other player that didn't pick the pairing gets to pick the table and there's five tables and in theory the tables are some some of them are terrain dense others are not so you can try to find advantages depending on the list you're playing. And you keep doing that until all the players are paired. Does anybody have anything to add to that? I guess sooner, you know, we should start with sooner. You are a captain. How did you feel like the pairing process went? I think the pairing process went well for what we prepared for. I think I was already familiar with the pairing process because I have came from War Machine and this is the same pairing process you use in their team tournaments. And I've I played in one or two big team tournaments in War Machine. So I was already familiar with the, the pairing process. So it wasn't really that difficult or hard for me. And then, of course, I'm sure you're going to get into it, but we, we did do a lot of prep for the, the pairing process. And so we were, I felt very prepared when it came to the pairing process. Sploosh, you have anything you want to add to that? I'll just go around table. I mean, I don't know if it's the time to mention it, but I, I do think that positive or negative, some of us uh, at times probably paired a little too high or a little too low. And so statistically we won the pairings but i'm not so sure in reality that we actually won our pairings so that was a factor in my opinion okay 
Uh, well, all right. I guess I'll explain the pairing process before I ask Deaton or Jesse. The listeners, the pairing, or I did explain the pairing process, but what we did after the lists, so the lists had to be, everyone's list had to be submitted, I think it was, what, three weeks prior to the event? Yeah, Anybody? something like that. Pretty, pretty yeah, close like to that, weeks. yeah. Yeah, it was it like, like two weeks. Right when October hit, lists were fully due, and then the tournament was obviously... Yeah, so the lists were published, and what we did with the help of our friend Mark, we basically raided, we looked at everyone's team, and then we went through each one, one at a time, and raided each each matchup, like each, your, like, for me, I was playing Web Warriors, so I would rate, I picked, like, I would go through each player and pick, like, how I felt on a scale of, like, one to five, one being bad, five being good, on, like, if I could win that game. Or how I felt about it. So everyone did that on our team for every other player in the event. And then there's like some calculations that a spreadsheet did that kind of determined who you should put forward on the pairing based on what your the other team does. So we did that. And I think we did well according to our the numbers we put on the spreadsheet. But obviously, for that to work, I think you're you have to trust that your numbers are correct. And I think maybe I think I was off on some. I think we we probably had some inaccuracies in hindsight, but that is what it is. Mike, maybe we could explain why it matters. Like, so for example, like there was a round where basically the team asked me, "Do you want to get thrown under the bus?" And the reason I would be encouraged to say yes is because by me going under the bus everyone else hypothetically has better pairings into the rest of the opponent. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Like if there's, if there's, if your opponent has a list that is like a bad matchup for everyone on our team or majority of our team, you can just take the loss. And then in theory, the rest of your team gets good matchups. Okay. Does anything, anyone have anything they want to add to that? I know I didn't ask Deaton or Jesse previously, but. I was going to get into the, to like what we were It's hard to explain without examples, but there is definitely a lot more finesse to it than we explained. Like, for example, what was really cool about the, the sheets we were using is it had sort of a color coded system and you could very easily visualize like the overall, like win, win rate possibilities of your teammates. And so, you know, someone might be slightly more advantaged as a whole into the opposing team versus another person. And so. It would, it would help you decide who should theoretically go under the bus, and there's just a lot more like intricate parts of the process. But you know, without like examples, it's can't really get into all that. I do think the prep was worth it, and it gave us all. I think as a team, a lot of confidence going in that I wouldn't have had without the prep. Yeah, and I think you nailed the word there. Splish, it's prep. It's less about. Did the equation get perfect? Did we get the perfect, like, you know, numbers on our sheet? And more about, we actually looked at every player. We visualized all their lists. We saw a lot of trends, which we're going to get to shortly, with objectives, mainly aggressive attrition-related objectives. And so it's like, at worst, th- what we did was we we visualized every player, what models they were bringing and what objectives they were bringing, right? And what we may or may not like. And then I think everything after that was just a bunch of icing on the cake, right? So I think that was really helpful. Dean, you got anything you want to add? 
I didn't ask you previously. No, I think everybody kind of hit the nail on the head saying things like we, you know, I think we hit what we evaluated and maybe that was not exactly how we would have felt with more with, if we could redo it, but obviously hindsight's 2020. So yeah, I think we did fine for sure. Yeah. So I guess for listeners, we did finish 10th. Our individual records sooner went five and zero with inhumans. Deaton went four and one with Avengers. Uh, Jesse went three and two with X Men. Swoosh went three and two with Criminals and Black Order, and I went one and four with Webs. But the team did well overall. We finished in the top third. So yeah, and we had some of the highest like win numbers, like overall. Like yeah, our win loss ratio was pretty good. It was I think like we were what sixteen for... and nine. Yeah. Yeah, and both of our, so both of our, we had two losses as a team. We went three and two, and both of our losses, we were actually up two to one, and then the final two games, came down to the final two games, and unfortunately, we we lost all four of those games, but I mean, that's that's very close. I mean, any of those games swing, and we win the round, so it was very close losses. It also shows the power of, like, the draft and, like, the format where it's, like, we had higher wins than several teams way above us. You know what I mean? But they finished four and one, you know what I mean? Or, <laughs> or things like that. So it's just, it's an interesting conversation starter for later about just, I think how powerful the draft is in this format, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pairing is definitely a lot more nuanced and important than it might seem initially. I know there was some talk before the event as to like just have the pairings be random and i was pretty heavily against that and i'm happy they didn't settle on that uh at a minimum just to like try this version of the pairings first and if it like was bad then yeah we could try we move to random but um, i like the pairing and in fact i think the people the guys who won huggy bears team i think they did a fantastic job like gaming that aspect of the event which you would want in your winner, right? Yeah, I mean they they've smashed everybody. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they if you look like they by far had the best record of any team in the tournament. I mean, they pretty much won like all the rounds either 4-1 or 5-0. I mean, they just smashed it, man. Yeah, they went 21 and 4, right? Yeah. They had a 5-0 and then everyone else went 4-1. So yeah, <laughs> they just kind of dominated everyone. Just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Good for them. They played really well. Okay. So I mentioned what we were playing. So we were obviously working on lists before the errata happened, which kind of put a wrench in what we were playing. I was originally planning on playing Shield, but the Bucky nerf kind of threw me off and I decided to move off of them. Also, there was no Core Box 2 available for this event. So I was basically going to be playing traditional shield with a worse Bucky and it just I was not very confident about it I felt like when I played shield Bucky barely pushed me over the edge of like the amount of attrition I needed whether that's right or wrong that's how I felt about it so I decided to pivot to web warriors um, and we'll get into that a little later well I'll just say Mike based on what Huggy was saying throughout the weekend about his team adjustments for shield that you were right it at least seems like, and also 
the people who were playing on more traditional shields seemed to be getting some of them tabled at times. So like, seemed like maybe the right call there to drop shield. So Huggy did go, he, Huggy did play shield and he went four and one. He said he had a couple close games. Like his game against Joe basically came down to a 50, 50. If he misses that, he loses. And then he said he had a couple, one or two close games before that, but he was playing like a more mid range style shield where there's like just a bunch of four threats, not like the six wide Vince style that he Vince played at LVO. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably the future of shield because you need to be able to get prio on people when they kill your models. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying though, is that you were playing the more traditional list, which yeah, looking back on it and how things went, playing that list probably would have been a mistake. I think so, yeah. Sooner also pivoted off of you're gonna play Wakanda, right? Moved in yeah. humans. Yep. Do you want to elaborate on that at all? Yeah, so I was gonna play Wakanda and I was I felt fine with it, but I didn't feel um, super duper confident with it. I wasn't able to get basically some of the main pieces that I need in my, or I felt I needed in my Wakanda list, I didn't have because kind of how we, you know, deciphered the characters. I kind of told the team I would let you guys have your characters and then I would pick with, you know, what was kind of left over. And I felt like, the Wakanda list needed some of those characters. And so the errata then dropped. And I think we all kind of looked at Black Bolt and said, he looks pretty good now. And I think even Sploosh said something of, I think someone should play in humans at the time. I wasn't very fond of the idea or was not very into in humans, but I said, you know, well, I kind of put my captain's hat on and evaluated them as a team. and said i'll play a couple practice games with them just to kind of see how they are because the good news is they pretty much can build a roster without i can take what was left of the characters and build a roster that has almost no crossover so that in that aspect in the team format it was really good and really strong so uh, yeah i played a couple practice games with them and that leadership is i will say it is addicting and did pretty well and said, sure, I'll play, I'll play in humans. And that's how I, I fell on the Inhumans affiliation. Yeah. It worked out for you. I mean, Inhumans did really well at this event. Uh, they yeah. did. I think it's a little misleading. Um, <laughs> if you take away me and Pat, they went seven and 11. That's fair. So I do think it's a little misleading if you look at the inhuman stat, but yeah, they, I I think they're solid. I've said this all along. I think they're solid tier. I think anybody could take them to a big event and win the event with them. I don't think they're like tip top tier, but I don't know. I'm playing them without CGR. So maybe that changes things. I don't know. Well, on that note, first of all, I think the difference between you and Pat is Pat played Crimson Dynamo like every game. And you were playing Apex a lot, and you also had the cool Captain Marvel tech, which now that Captain Marvel's getting so much hype in the normal game, it kind of makes you look really smart right now (laughs) that you even thought to play that because it's becoming, I don't know, like almost like a common knowledge slowly that teams like Emma should be playing Captain Marvel and maybe Inhumans. So you get what I'm saying, right? 
but I, I, you're totally right too that like in the future WTC formats, I think Inhumans are going to be a player going forward because of the lack of overlap. Um, kind of getting towards what I was going to play, it, Guardians seemed like another good pick due to lack of overlap. It's just, the problem there was fighting over Bill. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so I should elaborate a little more on that. So Deaton played Avengers. He played Sam, which he won the league with. And I think we were all like, just give Deaton what he wants, and he'll just be like our, like our anchor. And he did a great job of that. Um, Deaton, do you want to? Uh, I did such a good job. I showed up and lost the first game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I think. It was it was a little weird because you know everyone's talking about rosters and concessions and I'm just over here with like a fully tuned roster and so it, I will say that it put it put a little pressure on me I would say like self imposed pressure where I felt like oh man I have everything I am at a definitive advantage over certainly my teammates and there's a cost there but also you know looking at a lot of teams I don't think there were a ton of like fully optimized or what we would consider cons- like fully optimized rosters maybe before the event. And so it was like, Oh man, if I drop a game, like that's, that feels really bad. Right. And then I did lose the first one. And so it felt really bad. All credit to my opponent. He played really well. And, but, but I think that it was, I think my experience from a roster perspective and sort of my expectations were maybe very different than other people's just based on the fact that it was like, I had, bill and dynamo and all you know all the fun tools so you know it was it was nice because i didn't have to worry so much about you know what am i playing and what what am i doing but i think that it was also i'll say more stressful in a different way that makes sense i think to elaborate on i do think we came to the so sploosh was playing guardians before the errata and he decided to pivot to criminals with Black Order. Well, so she want to explain why he did that. Yeah, it was kind of to was... tie into what Deaton's list is was doing. Right, I was playing the Thanos Guardians. I played them for like a year. It's basically, I was at a point in the game where I was getting frustrated with Malekith and and Thanos being ridiculous. So I was, I just decided if I can't beat him, just join him for a while and wait until AMG does something. So. That was my plan is just play lots of Guardians with Thanos. And it it mostly worked out for me and I felt very comfortable with it. And then, of course, the entire game changed like two weeks before the event. So I'm not saying that Thanos wasn't good in, in WTC or that obviously Cosmic Ghost Rider weren't good. But in my limited time, because I hadn't really played Cosmic Ghost Rider at all, I just didn't come to the conclusion that why don't you play Thanos and Cosmic Ghost Rider at the same time? which, you know, is what a lot of people did that were successful at the event. And I didn't have Bill, so I felt like without Bill and just Cosmic Ghost Rider and not having Thanos, because I just wasn't there tech-wise, I felt disadvantaged and didn't really enjoy the results of the practice games. And, I mean, obviously, in hindsight, if I had known better and maybe tried a little bit more com- a, a combo with Thanos and Cosmic Ghost Rider, and honestly, if I just insisted on getting Bill... Maybe I would have had different opinions, but that's when I just decided to pivot to Syndicate. At the first LVO two years ago, I went undefeated in the Swiss and then lost to Mike in the cut with Syndicate playing a Black Order Splash. 
And I went in the TTS league that same time, around the same time frame, and I went undefeated, like 6-0 in the Swiss of the TTS league. And then I don't even remember. I lost in cut to, to somebody. But oh, yeah, I lost the Black Order in a cut. So I felt really strong with that roster. However, about like three months later, they made the gems restricted, which basically ruined that entire strategy. So with the changes and unrestricting gems, suddenly that team I had played two years ago was relevant again. And I played a few games briefly and Shadowland and Daredevil was released like later on then. So I never really tested Shadowland and Daredevil, Daredevil with Corvus and Proxima, but it was pretty fun getting four to five rerolls in an activation. So I, I enjoyed doing that as well. The team was definitely limited by the fact that I couldn't have Black Cat and it gave me basically zero options in pivoting. I could never like go wide, which turned out to be a real weakness when people were out activating me. And I, my two losses were to Thanos. One was the Black Order. So my fears were proven to be true. And it just was a weakness I had to accept due to the limitations of our roster building. And I'm not even accusing us of building bad rosters. I actually think in an alternate timeline, maybe we win the entire event. But... I think that's just part of how w WTC works is you're going to have maybe have gaps and nobody can have everything, you know, like, for example, I wish we all had a Crimson Dynamo, but we didn't because you can't. So it's just how it works. Um, yeah. I also really, if we're talking about characters, everybody wishes they had Black Cat was absurdly popular at the event and I sure as hell wish I had one. Yeah. So that yeah that fills in basically everything but the reason you switched off guardians i mean in addition to the reasons you said was that it was kind of crazy at how much worse guardians felt without bill even with cosmic yeah. ghost rider yeah no i it just those threat values were it wasn't good and rocket and groot just aren't that great sometimes i i just i had real frustrations with them I think like intrusions was just really obnoxious because they couldn't pivot very well and people could kind of just try to ignore them. And it, together they sort of represent five threat, but then when you pull them apart, they're much worse. And I just, there was a lot of situations like pay to flips. They're just kind of awkward, especially like if it's like spider portals or something. I, I just, I the whole like try to jam rocket group plus cosmic ghost Rider just wasn't nearly as good as play Cosmic Ghost Rider, play Bill and, you know, Star-Lord. And then some people were doing Thanos, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Star-Lord, which was also, I actually lost to that around, and it was really obnoxious, and I couldn't believe how good it was for how weird it looked on the table. But with only, like, two weeks of prep time, I was never going to discover that on my own. So it just, it's tough. We were really pressured on time. Yeah. All right, last, Jesse. We you stay with X Men. I think we as a team felt pretty good about it. Yeah. Um, you want to elaborate? Yeah, I stayed with X Men. I pretty much played affiliation battle. I ran nine X Men. You know, I feel like we learned a lot about X Men very quickly from this event. I feel like X Men's still really strong, but they're obviously not where they were. And I think that was everyone knew that part. And I think in this format, I don't know. Like you, they could. I guess depending on the draft and what you bring with your X-Men, that's contingent on how well they can do. And I 
I, I struggled to know if I had all the tools I needed in this format, but the same, at the same token, that's the format, right? Case in point, one of my losses was to an incredible X-Men player, but he had Hulk and I didn't. And I had tool, I had a couple tools to deal with Hulk and he just dealt with those tools really effectively. And my other loss was to an incredible web warrior player. And it was, it could have gone to either one of us any round, right? It was one of those games, scoundrels and paranoia. We both were just scoring like the same every round, but I, I don't know. I think X-Men's still in an interesting spot right now after the changes. And it was kind of like, we've all been alluding to this cast. We all were a little bit shell-shocked with the changes. And I feel like I'm really starting to feel the changes to X-Men fully now. You know what I mean? After playing a major event like this and not really sure they land, but, and they did okay on the weekend. They pretty much landed at 50% win rate for the weekend, right? As a whole. So I don't know. I think with, when they don't have some of the tools that you get in a normal format, they're obviously, I mean, obviously they're weaker, right? But I think the combination of that with the changes was interesting to examine and I'll continue to be looking at it, I think. Yeah, the winning team had a X-Men player who had 10 X-Men in his list. He was even more affiliation battle than you were. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And crazy. Uh, I do think I agree that X-Men feel worse than they were before the errata, even though they got a bunch of buff characters. Yeah. Um, it sounds, it it feels like they they really are waiting for the next wave with Kitty Pride and Xavier's dream to fully manifest, but for sure. Yeah. But they're still a very good uh, there. I don't think they're top tier, but they're still like very worth taking, especially in this format since they don't overlap very much with other people. Oh, absolutely. And hindsight's 2020. I mean, what we what I was thinking about a little bit before we started the cast is something we all discussed after our lists were locked and we saw all these objectives and all these, teams show up but i mean this was a very aggressive meta and it did not feel super kind to x-men i mean the amount of researcher games out there like researchers demons stuff like that not that x-men can't deal with that they can but it was kind of like intimidating to see all the lists locked with that right and i was like man maybe i would have enjoyed playing like hellfire or brotherhood more you know what i mean like incrementally more right because i have more tools but but no one could have known how aggressive this meta was going to be going into, even though I think the game's been a little aggressive for a while. For some reason to me, and I think Sploosh was saying this too, but it just felt hyper-aggressive after we saw the list locks. Yeah, so that's a good segue for my list. So I played, I think it was seven Web Warriors, and I had like, a, my splash catchers were like Panther, Zemo, Wong. Mm -hmm. And... I had basically no researcher plan. Uh, I, I I had I had no researcher plan. I didn't have a great like fighting plan. I was basically all in on like Web's affiliation battle. My models are very fragile, and I was kind of under the assumption that I would be able to dodge like fighting teams altogether. But unfortunately. I think my list had too many bad matchups. I think the goal of this format is you want your list, everyone's list to only have one bad matchup. And then it becomes very easy to dodge one thing. Um, but my list would often have multiple bad matchups. So like if we put me down, 
my opponent would be like, all right, well, here's Brotherhood and Guardians. And it's like, oh God, this is just terrible for me. So I think it became very hard to pair me well. And I definitely, my round one, I got tabled on Researcher against Cosmic Ghost Rider. <laughs> Cosmic Ghost Rider's first four attacks of the game one-shot my models. And then I think, yeah, my round two, I had a, I had a really good game against Norbert. Unfortunately, Amazing Spider-Man rolled six attacks into his bullseye and did two damage over like three rounds. And my models continued to get one shot. So it was a rough event for me. But I, I think in, I had a plan to play Midnight Suns as a splash, like the night before Listlock. I was had a local event and Christian, he's a Danish player, but he lives in SoCal here and he plays Midnight Suns. And I was like, man, I, maybe I should play Midnight Suns as a duel here. And then I kind of chickened out at the last second. Because uh, I don't really have any games reps with them. And I, I'm kind of regretting it. I think if I had like Immortal Hulk, I could have pro probably won that researcher game that I lost on. So, bit of a bummer there. But I think in hindsight, I probably should have just played Brotherhood. I think if we had, if our team yeah. had another list that was wanted to fight people, I think it would have been very good for us. I think the I think the most important point you made there was at least to me, was, you know, the, the bad matchups for your list and getting punished. I think the, I think Webbs was ultimately fine in a lot of ways, is, is a fine solo roster in general. Once you have the experience, I don't think you had the time necessarily to ramp back up in the current meta. I think that's important. That was important when playing something like Webbs, but I think the Midnight Sun Splash would have been like a really good thing to have or Defenders, right? Just something that says you can't pick on this list in turn zero. And I think that that wasn't necessarily true. And it's just hard to feel that way in hindsight. You know, I, I would have felt the same way, I think, as you is like, oh, we've played webs. So it'd be all right. And that's one of, probably the big lesson for me from a list building perspective is how do you limit any given lists punishability into the field so that people can't take advantage of what you've tried to do? So. Yeah, I also yeah. don't. Sorry, go ahead, sir. Oh, I was just going to say to piggyback off of, you know, you said that, you know, you think that maybe our team needed a, another fighty team or you should have had a mortal Hulk. I, I think that in retrospect, you know, learning and looking at our list building and our roster as a team, I think there was one major mistake and I think there was one minor mistake. I think the minor mistake was we gave Deaton too much stuff. I think we should have maybe... You know, whether it been give like you Crimson Dynamo so you could fight better or something like that. I think we could have maybe divvied up some of his roster a little bit better. And I think our major mistake was you, Sploosh, or Jesse not playing Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I think I think one of us should have played Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that was the, a huge mistake. I don't think it should have been Deaton because obviously we felt good that we could put Avengers into anything. And in retrospect, I don't think it should have been me within humans. I mean, obviously I did well. And I think in humans was a good pick because you could take a roster that didn't overlap much. So yeah, I think our, our major mistake was one of you three not playing Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I think too, to add to that, I think the the context of the changes 
for me, reinforce that. And I think one of the things that I've learned is it's probably, or it is easier to pick up attrition things and then play them to points than it is to pick up control things and play them well. Because like Sooner picked up in humans and they, I mean, they obviously have a lot of control type tools with the leadership, but like they shoot things really good. Black Bolt specifically, right? And so it's probably very easy for Sooner to pick that up and play. I'm going to shoot you when that works, but also I'm a good enough player to, um, you know, also score out the games. Pivot, yeah. And I wonder if in the context of the changes, something like, you know, I think Sploosh, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. You said there was a game where you said, I don't feel like Kingpin, you know, is the right answer here. I don't have these tools. And the control stuff feels like it needs more tools, more reps, more whatever to get really into a groove with it. And so I think pivoting to attrition stuff with the changes was probably a quote unquote, quote unquote better, maybe a better decision than we made. And I would echo, I would agree with Sinner. We gave me too much stuff, but I wasn't complaining at the time. So if we're going to play the hindsight thing, oh, we're going to play the hindsight game. We, we should have played brotherhood and sure. Been Dynamo to sooner and, Sooner's act apex could have gone to the brotherhood player which probably would have been mike because mike actually did very well with brotherhood at elfio this year so that would have probably been the natural fit i in my looking over rosters when a, usually if you're doing guardians you got to get built to guardians then people aren't playing avengers people are playing just other stuff so we went to mike mentioned it in the beginning but a lot of our focus is we have the TTS League champion on our team. He did good with Avengers. We should let him have Avengers. But that really was like the core thought we had as a team. And everything else was built around that. And so for our team, I think what I suggested was the play. So not so much us play Guardians. But I do, I don't know. I, I just think I, maybe you can answer this. Do you think if you didn't have Bill and Dynamo, would, how would Avengers have done? Well, Dynamo would have been fine. I I mean, I think I said that at the event, right? Like, I don't know yeah. that I needed Dynamo. I played him yeah, once, but but ultimately, whatever. I could have definitely played without him and definitely would have changed. I would have changed my list a little bit to accommodate that. But I think Bill, I don't know. He feels very, he felt very core to the list. I did offer to give him up at one point and we chose not to, you know, as the team. But yeah. looking back on it, I don't. I do think if we had been able to find the Guardians stuff with Thanos, it's probably fine without Bill in a lot of ways. But I don't think the Avengers list is fine without Bill. And I'm not saying that for Guardians everywhere. I'm just saying in that one specific 19 point context. But but yeah, I, I and my point isn't to second guess us. I'm I'm saying going forward, as you start to switch from things, right? As you start to look at new affiliations and rosters, I think it's just it seems much easier to pick up. Yeah, I was some of the really punches. Yeah. You. Yeah, I don't. mentioned that we should have played Guardians, and I'm just saying that since our team was designed around DN, it sort of like caused speed bumps, you know. And and I think we had a solid logic, and I think I proposed a better setup. But in you know, hindsight, it's always going to be 2020 in these situations. So, you know, yeah, but it's good to remember for potentially the future what teams were good and able to be good on their own, and a. I mean, I, I think even brother, if the terrain stays the way it was this right. year, uh, brotherhood's probably good <laughs> going forward. So, yeah. So let me, let me jump yeah. in a little bit about that. Basically 
the tables are supposed to be, like I said earlier, where there'd be one uh, ones that are don't have as much. There'll be others that have a lot. This way, if you were like, if you don't pick the pairing, you get to pick the table and you can pick a table that's advantageous to you. So like if you're playing Magneto, you pick the one with a lot of terrain. If you're playing like Shield Gunline, pick one with like no terrain. Yeah. But what ended up happening was Friday night, there was a whole bunch of casual gaming and people flying in and just wanted a game before the event. And the tables were set up for WTC and then people modified the tables to for like a normal MCP context and then they never got reverted. So I do think this hurt me against Norbert in my round two. Norbert, I got to pick the table for me and him and I'm I'm like, well, he has Ulick and Rhino. Like I know these are hitting the table for him. I really don't want to eat a lot of t- terrain damage. I'm like, well, where's my table that has like no terrain on it? And there wasn't any. Literally everything had at least three size threes. I think three or four tables had two size fours. And I think against Norbert, I ate like half the table. Almost <laughs> every table had two size fours. Yeah. And wh- when you mean, Mike, you say about people set up for a normal MCP range, you're saying as people saw, oh, here's a table with like a bunch of threes and here's a table with like hardly any. I'm going to like, shift these over for our casual games right or our practice games and that ended up really hurting the format a lot and actually obviously helped teams out that had brotherhood a lot too right as as kind of what you're referencing and i was kicking myself because of like i would have loved to play brotherhood as well especially on these tables because this was my year with brotherhood in a huge way but it's like it made that second team slot definitely feel less impactful so anytime we lost the priority role and we got the team that picked the table the tables it definitely felt like we were already on the back foot a little bit yeah the advantage was lost or at least the consolation for not picking the pairing right so it's like it just and that's something that gil said that he's going to address next year so it's not an issue but obviously it was a factor and um it's not an excuse either. It just, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, round one, I was playing against a brotherhood player who had space maw and he's throwing size fours at me left and right. Yep. <laughs> and luckily I have a lot of experience with space maw. So I ended up taking that game, but it was like, you know, it was a pretty, it was a lot, there was a lot of terrain out there, which, you know, I love, I think it adds more dynamic gameplay, but for this format, I do agree. I think there should be like at least one or two more vacant tables, right? Make the pairings more interesting. Yeah, agreed. And not to circle back uh, too much, but you guys were saying, I think what you were jumping on earlier sooner, I think I agree with where you're basically saying that something I think that hurt us in the retrospect that we saw at the end of the event was we had three heavy objective teams and two, you know, not the Deedons was attrition, but we had, you know, sooner and Deedon that could play attrition, right? At will. And with this being such a heavy attrition list, it made some of our drafts a little bit more difficult. And a lot of our drafts were built around protecting Mike. And because you had so many matchups that were like researcher centric and I didn't want researcher and really Sploosh didn't really either. Right. So it's like, no, it hurt us in the long run having three objective teams. Right. And the draft, like I made our drafts a little bit more telegraphed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. before I forget, we did have a, 
we literally had a, our round three opponent was looking at all of our lists and they're like, where's your cosmic ghost rider? Yeah, <laughs> like, it happened round four as well, which I, <laughs> I, I yeah, they're, so I think we made it really easy for people to pair into us because they just didn't have the boogeyman. Yeah, that's where, I mean, I go back to, I think some, I respectfully disagree that Guardians needs Bill to play and play at a high level. I think that Star-Lord and Cosmic Ghost Rider as a core and just add stuff to it, I think is plenty strong enough, especially in that type of format, that it would, I think it was a mistake not taking Guardians, unfortunately. I do think too, one of the things that we did by giving, we gave me everything and we built this like high powered list with all the tools. And it was just like, okay, bust that list. Like that's just, it just made it easy, right? Like people could like looked at it, saw what it was, you know, it's the high profile because it just won the TTS league. We've talked about it a lot. And so it's like, it just made I think the draft punishable a lot easier than it we than it needed to be, I suppose, for us. So Yeah, exactly. Not a, compl- not a complaint for us. It's a learning thing, right? So Yeah, it definitely that makes sense. Cause I and I was talking earlier about how sometimes and it was every round we had somebody kind of thrown under the bus. I'm definitely not trying to insinuate uh that I was always thrown under. I actually I was thrown under twice and I know others were as well but the you know I, other teams were doing the same the same thing to us right they probably saw d and they're like all right who wants to lose to this guy so that everybody else can win to the other stuff and and the draft is nuanced know, too it's not yeah. it's not all under the bus and it's not all wins right there's a lot of like 50 50s like i think well, yeah i think me and Sploosh <laughs> in particular had rated a lot of our matchups more like 50 50s and we built we built drafts that way, right? Like it's like, okay, sooner Mike and Dean are for sure going to win their games probably. And then we're like a 50, 50 coin toss. Cause it's like Jesse versus another pay to flip team or something. Right. It's like anything could happen. Right. With dice. It's interesting. I lost, I lost three 50 fifties that mattered. So one 50, 50, I won proud. My opponent got researcher, but lucky for me, he said 15 threat and I played black order and did well. So it worked out right. kind of, but still like the researcher threat is always there when you're playing an objective team so even when you win prowl you lose so luckily i had a backup plan and it worked out but then i won prowl and my opponent got legacy and then did like the three tall and just ate all the extracts and i just couldn't win and i didn't have a wide plan and then round two which i really if i won it would have been massive for us it was my first under the bus scenario I lost prior. I've rolled four hits on my prior roll and I was like so excited. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to win prior because I was playing against a Black Order player who had uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider and some other nonsense. And he rolled like two, two wilds, two crits on his roll. And I, it was like, well, I guess I lose this game and I believe we got intrusions. So oh. it was brutal. Like, well, I, I had no, and, and he's playing Black Order with like Corvus Proxima. I had Corvus Proxima as an option, but he's always like a character down on me. And he's got like the super Thanos where I only had like a mind Thanos. So it just was a complete disaster for me. And I, I, of course I knew that going in, but like, it's just, 
when you lose your 50-50 prio role, it can, for our objective teams, that could be the entire game right there, especially with the sort of thinner, weaker rosters. So. Yeah. Anything else before I move on? Okay. So I think we talk about some some factions that did really freaking well, Wakanda, <laughs> which is kind of funny because yep. sooner moved off of them. But I got absolutely well, destroyed by a Swedish I... Wakanda player, basically on the back of our advanced R&D Spirit of Wakanda round one. So like all of his models have like two and three power. Yeah, Wakanda and, uh, went 23 and seven, right? In the event. Yeah. I've played that list since then. And we're going to do an episode on the cast about it with him. But uh, it's pretty strong if you get like a scenario team or like a scenario style game. It's it's pretty hard to deal with like Black Cat and Bill, like just immediately ready to go in addition to all the Wakanda shenanigans. Yeah, I will say as a Wakanda player, Wakanda, I think being a team event drastically helps Wakanda because Wakanda absolutely hates Cosmic Ghost Rider. So the fact that you basically can protect them, that they never have to play the Cosmic Ghost Rider, that, that is a huge boon to them as an affiliation. Because yeah, I, li I like them a lot in this format. Yeah, they don't like Cosmic and they don't like Guardians. And so the fact that you can kind of prevent that is huge. And yeah, I think they're, they're a good affiliation. And then Black Order also did really well. Obviously, Sploosh had it for us. Um, but I think in, in this format where people are strapped for tech pieces, you can really like trap card exploit matchups just with your BO splash that now exists because of unrestricted gems. Yeah, and you have to, you know, remember that when you see Black Order's win rate, it's probably people like me cherry picking the matchup to be exactly what they want right so i played black order one time and i won once <laughs> so yeah 100 percent win rate you know but like i'm sure everyone else is doing the same thing and i have to look at my opponent but i mean the guy that dropped black order on me round two he definitely had a whole lot of other stuff in his roster yeah that was steve he he actually had inhumans with cosmic ghost rider and black order like his list was pretty tricked out and i, I believe he went five yeah. and oh yeah he played it really well so I believe it. And then I think our, our kind of our conclusion on losers was maybe scenario teams definitely felt like you needed a plan to fight. I was one of like the only mono webs players that I knew of. I know Connor had defender splash. Alec had defenders. I guess Brandon on the infamous team was mono webs and he, he did well. He went four and one, but the, on the winning team, that webs player played midnight suns three times for five games. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely am like kicking myself for <laughs> not doing that. Yeah, I didn't have Thanos in my roster until the day before list lock. I had, I don't even, I think I had like Hella because I wanted to have like an eyes plan or something. But then I realized that both Corvus and Ulick can do the eyes plan if I really need it. And I, I think eyes is also sort of overrated as well. So I was like, you know what? I need. I need something to do when I get Gamma or Researcher. And I, I snuck in like two games with Thanos and I won them. So I was like, okay, I'm pulling the trigger on this. 
but I, I, what I just mind Thanos and I'm also mention. let's see, our round three team was really funny. They, they, they told D in this story, which he shared with me, which is that apparently on the way to the event, they drove down and they had told my opponent, if you ever run into this guy, don't choose 15 threat. And apparently he wasn't paying attention and they all yelled at him after our game because <laughs> I got to play Black Order 15 with my mind gem. So that was pretty funny. What else we got? Anybody have anything anecdotal stuff? I, well, I want to shout out Norbert's. I mean, he streamed it, but I, I'm sure it's on YouTube. He, he had the winning team on and the Gil, the event organizer. And they went way deep into like just the overall experience of being there. And I, I don't think we want to get into massive detail with that. Granted, we could talk about it briefly, but it was kind of cool. You know, I, obviously we were there, so I know what they're talking about. But for someone that's maybe curious about going next year, because they're planning on like doubling the size of this event next year, if you really want to know what it was like and experience it, it's definitely probably the best event I've ever been to. I, I guess I can say that. And a lot of it is, I can't tell you how many snacks I had to fly home with because normally when I go to an event as an American, you are starved to death and the events run like 10 hours long and you need lots of fluids and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I ended up using none of it because there's like free water fountains and cups everywhere. So I would just walk over and get a drink of water and they fed us like every meal of the day for free included with the event. So I was just never hungry and the food was really, really good and healthy. So it wasn't like junk food. Um, so I don't know if you guys want to chat with that at all, but I, I've never experienced an event that took care of me so well in my life. I felt like I was on like a pleasure cruise. Well, I know that was intentional, right? So talking to Gil um, a couple times throughout the weekend. That's the, that's the point of the WTC in a lot of ways for him is like, that was the venue consideration is it has to be very easy, very simple. People show up, things are taken care of and you play lots of whatever game. So, uh, that, that kind of happening was very much like something Gil set out to do. And so I think you should be commended for that that it works so well because I agree with you. It was very nice to just not have to deal with anything but playing the game. Um, on that same note, I would say that's actually my biggest regret for, of ours as a team is that we sort of uh, failed in the gift giving department. I got a lot of like cool stuff from my opponents and had none to give them. So that's in the event we go, go if I go back in the future, that's my, you know, like, buying a second set of jerseys to trade and you know like just getting little things i got i got a tattoo and a patch and like candy from one of my opponents so that's that's one thing that uh, i really like didn't realize yeah a lot of traditions baked in yeah for sure and i was lucky enough to get a jersey from one of my opponents and i had nothing to give him because <laughs> i was like you know this is our first year and it's like, I got to keep the jerseys that sooner made, you know? And he's like, it's fine, man. Take, take it, <laughs> you know? So stand up guy, Adam from the Swedish right. team. I got his Jersey. 
Yeah, I got to shout out my opponent, Steve Cole, was round two. He gave me this like sweet, I don't even know what they're called. They're like some shortbreads or something. And my wife is still eating them. She she has like Perfect. one tea or whatever. <laughs> Love it. And I, of course, I didn't take credit for it, Steve. I told her this is from the opponent and she's in love. And she's like, I don't know if he's ever listens to us, but that was an awesome thing. He just, right as the game started, he just hands me a box of cookies, basically. And he's like, here you go. And I was like, I have no worries. Like, what? This is crazy. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, so such generosity, such nice people. I mean, oh my gosh. I, I Maybe it's the team aspect. Maybe it's just European mentality, but everyone was so nice. It was insane. Yeah, I'll second that. All of our opponents were insanely nice. Yeah. And yeah, they, they gave us a bunch of stuff. And I also, another thing to shout out is, yeah, the venue, it's like basically all inclusive, right? Like, like you guys are saying, you know, you just, all the food is like catered and everything and it's very easy. But also like the hotel is like a block away from the airport. Like you literally land in Copenhagen and walk like 10 minutes, a street over and the hotel is there. Like you don't have to deal with Ubers or public transportation if you don't want to, like none of that. You just fly into the airport and you're ready to go. So. Yeah, venue was amazing. A second all that and you could very easily get up to your room from the basement where the tournament was which was also huge if you just like randomly needed to run up and grab something real quick between rounds like polar opposite of lvo where it's like I have the- yeah there was six elevators yeah lvo it's, it's like, like impossible to commute. get on the elevator <laughs> like, I, I timed it a couple times in lvo and i was like man i the walk with the elevators you know the walk to the second tower and all that stuff so Huge shout out to Gildare for the venue, for sure. I agree with you guys completely. And food was stellar. Yeah, Danish food is like, they're, Sooner and I went on a culinary tour on the day before. And D- Danish, like, what, what, sort of, what was it? Like, new Nordic cuisine is what she called it? Yeah, they, so like a very quick history lesson. The Danish have... And I'm going to absolutely butcher this, but it's some like schmorbor or something like that. That's a very horrible American way to say it, but they have these open face sandwiches and they had gotten to be where they were basically like a rye open face sandwich, rye bread. And then they would put like cold cuts on it and like thick mayonnaise and all this stuff. And then like their chefs in Denmark decided that they needed to, to make this better so they did it's called new nordic cuisine and it's now your open face sandwich but it's with like vegetables and like lively food and like it's not super heavy and it's more healthy and organic stuff and it was really really cool sounds like the exact opposite of what i want to happen (laughs) (laughs) everything is also like locally sourced and organic there i was like man i'm jealous it's very good. Yeah, so that was like yeah, even the the catered food for the tournament was like they were like like what the heck is it called? It's it was like a rice bowl, right? There's like some kind of like fish Buddha bowls. Is it Buddha bowl? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so it's like a salad bowl and it would have like fish and some kind of grain. Yep. Um, sure. Fabulous. What else we got? Is there anything else? In hindsight, all right, let's do this. Sooner, what's the one thing you would do in hindsight, other than for yourself, I should say? 
Well, I don't know. I had a pretty good spot. I don't think I would, I would do much else. <laughs> he went uh, five and oh. <laughs> I went five and oh. I enjoyed playing in humans. I think they were a good call in retrospect. And I was able to jam a bunch of games with them to kind of learn them because they are a tricky affiliation to play positioning wise because you have to maximize that leadership. So I think for like just an individual thing. I don't think I would change anything. I agree with Deaton. I would have brought stuff to give away. I think that's really cool. I would have bought maybe another Jersey so I could exchange jerseys. And I think as a team, I mean, I've already stated, I think we should have brought guardians, but outside of that, I don't know. I did my best captain as, as the captain, as I could, obviously we didn't have the results that we wanted. I think we went into the tournament really with the expectations that we were going to compete to win it and, you know, losing round two was a, a big bummer, but now, I mean, had a wonderful time and I don't, I don't really see what else regret wise I have. All right, Jesse, your turn. Great question. I think I maybe would have brought a little bit more tools maybe so I could like take more weird matchups in the draft that maybe we didn't want. I mean, I, I think certainly. A crucial round for me was round two when I couldn't bring it home against Connor, who's an incredible Web Warriors player. And, you know, we, I was up all game, but then the last round he had steals and he had all of his Web Warriors hitting all their strikes really hard on my X-Men. And I just, for some reason, Logan and Logan and Laura all weekend, that was the game they needed to show up the most and they couldn't show up for me. So I think if I had a steal or something, that would have been really helpful in that matchup against Webs, right? But we already knew going to that matchup, that was kind of a, this was, it was a 50-50 at best matchup, and the Connor just totally outplayed me. So I think maybe another tool on my roster, like a steal, would have been really nice. But other than that, I mean, I I, I feel like we played really well as a team, and I I, I send this question to Sooner because we, we, took a, we took a moral stance against Cosmic Ghost Rider, but we all got talking after the tournament, and so a question I posed to the team is like, could one of us take in Cosmic Ghost Rider, and would have that just helped one of us, especially one of the objective teams, right? Just like a blanket pick of Cosmic Ghost Rider, right? And um, I don't know if it would have been who would have been on the team, right? But I, I, that's the only thing I think about because irony, as you guys talked about, we had several teams question us with their typos on our cards who had Cosmic Ghost Rider <laughs> in this current meta. And unfortunately, we just said, no, we, we didn't bring him and might have hurt us in the long run, right? So, but I think, yeah, and yeah. To jump in real quick, to be fair, the only moral judgment was, it was just me who said I would not bring him. We didn't as a team say, we're not going to bring Cosmic Ghost Rider. The way it all worked out, we ended up not bringing him. So we kind of used that as a team, but we, it was just me who said I would, I would refuse to play Cosmic. I certainly didn't, <laughs> as the captain say, no guys don't play Cosmic. It was quite the, quite the opposite. Um, so, yeah, someone should have taken him. <laughs> someone should have taken him. I guess so. He's just really strong right now, right? So it's just one of those things. And like with the nature of the format, like let's say one of us just took him right in our 10, but we never intended to play him. Just him being a 10th model in our format trips people up, right? I mean, shout out to Amon, you know, from, of, of course, Omnis's team, but I mean, Amon went 5-0 and for the weekend, and Amon had Thanos in his Guardians roster with zero intention to ever play him. But 
all of his opponents were terrified in the draft because Ahmad had Thanos and CGR. And it just created a lot of problems, right? Because there's a lot of mind games before you even sit down and do turn zero, right? So there is a turn zero aspect to this that I think we're all figuring out as well. So I don't know. I think we can. All right, Dean, you're next. I would have put Cosmic Ghost Rider in Thor slot. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what my <laughs> list needed, right? Was just another pivot. No, I probably would have. I should have pushed more. Or I should have stopped tinkering. That's what I should have done, quite frankly. I played around with my list a lot with the changes, and my list just worked before. And, you know, I overreacted and was playing things like Thor and Fisk, and it should have just been. I should have just played a little more by the numbers, but it is what it is. I do think as a team, probably, I think there should have been or could have been more consideration to like the five lists instead of each list individually. It's like trying to, and this is just timing, I think, mm. um, but coming down to like, you know, Sploosh talking about can he play Guardians without Bill? And when the answer is no, what is he going to switch to? And, you know, and then looking at all five lists and saying, what does the structure of this look like? How are we punishable? Because we did a lot of draft prep, but I don't know that we ever asked, like, how can our lists be punished in the context of, like, the five lists? We asked that a lot, I think, in terms of, hey, they've got these two things. What do we see them putting down? And I don't think we ever took that, like, a step higher and said, is there something we're missing here? And I think that would probably help in the planning a lot. Just even like taking stuff from me and giving it to other people, right? Like that should have happened. Obviously, we chose not to, and that's fine. I'm not second guessing us, but I think that would, that's one conversation that can help you get there. So, yeah, I actually did, and you reminded me. I we didn't really do the whole pairing thing until after list lock, unfortunately, because we were so pressured on time. I mean, we didn't even know Jesse's list like pretty much to like the day before. So, it would have been cool to do those matchups at least like it's like of course this is all hypothetical matchups like you don't you say you're advantaged into an opponent but that doesn't mean it's actually true but at least just doing the effort of rating your opponents and then looking over the opponents and, and our rankings and then maybe decide that like one of our teams isn't solving a problem which is i kind of feel like is what you were getting at but it would have been I just it's really hard because we were literally like inventing our rosters. I mean, like nearly all of us pivoted. <laughs> so like yeah. it, I guess Mike. Yeah, Mike did. It's basically just was it Jesse three, and three pivots, you, Jacob, right? And Jesse, yeah, Jesse was five a pivot. Pivoted. Jesse yeah. was a pivot ish, right? Because yeah. of yeah. All, all the new X-Men. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I get why. Right. Was, like it's definitely people were trying to figure things out. I think really the point is. We should have done more list building as a five-man team yes. instead of picking lists individually. And I think that would have helped us potentially to see some of the holes that then in the event we were finding. Yeah, you know what? And I, Jesse, I'm just going to say, like, you basically had to <laughs> experiment quite a bit with X-Men. I mean, yeah. X, I think time's going to show that X-Men are not not... They were like top tier before and they're definitely still good now, but there's some discovery going on right now with X-Men <laughs> and I'm not even sure, like, you know, I've heard some prominent X-Men players express discomfort with playing them right now and time will tell, but 
They were basically like a new affiliation, and you had two weeks to figure it out. Yeah, discomfort's a good word for it. I mean, they nothing they have now is a slam dunk, right? They're just they're just really good. Like they're just really mid range at everything, right? And that's okay. That's that's where they should be in the lore. But yeah, my list changed very little. I mean, the coolest part that happened to my list was that Scott and Colossus came in, you know. But I mean, everything else pretty much stayed the same. And I will say, like every game I played, Cyclops the weekend was like a resounding win. So that was that was good. That was cool. Like Cyclops performed for me. But you know, I just X Men's an interesting spot right now for sure. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I I just. It would be fun to ask you in a, like a year or so, right. like, okay, now knowing what you know and all the games you've, you, and I don't know if you're going to keep playing X-Men or something else throughout the year, but it'll be, it would be interesting. I, I bet there would be, it'll be differences. You For know? sure. Like people are going to start to discover stuff and, you know, there's two basically new leaderships going on. So, you know, it's just, it's just a lot. And I, cause I remember like when the changes first came out, we had a bit of a team chat. And we basically puked like 50 ideas at you and said, make something work. You know, it was like, you know, for example, like, should you play fastball special of Wolverine instead of Logan? Right. And there's just a lot of questions. And I was testing uh, a lot of that. Yeah, with for X-Men. sure. Yeah. Like the, like it, Wolverine was in for a long time. Right. But then Logan came back in. Right. And I think that was the right call in the, in the long run. I think so. But also you didn't take Rogue and you took Colossus, which at the time I felt was interesting and i'm not sure if that was the right call but then i saw nate at second wind he also didn't take rogue and went five and one i think yeah so i mean maybe you just made the right call and awesome you know who knows yeah but there was a lot of questions and not a lot of time for answers for sure for sure so yeah sploosh anything you want to add to what you would do in hindsight that you haven't already said i actually think i almost lucked out in making a lot of the right decisions. I realized at the event that Hood was useless because I would never play him. I think the problem is I added Thanos so late in the process that I hadn't fully pro- like comprehended that that meant Hood would do nothing. I really liked Taskmaster. I mean, I'm so happy that AMG buffed him and he did exactly what I expected him to do. But Hood just basically made no sense. I haven't put too much thought into it because it's not really like relevant now, <laughs> but I feel like Hood could have been something else that would been would have been cool. But yeah, I, I don't know because like for example, um, like Sooner would be would tell me, hey, you should just go wide into these rosters, and it's like I just literally had no, I didn't have enough character space to do that, um, and I felt like without Black Cat, it was kind of a fool's errand anyway. Like if I played against another um objective team they would just outsteal me and then against the killing teams i just didn't have enough mini space or luxury to like like i would have had to i would have liked to have had like maybe another two threat actually did anyone take widow deaton had widow yes yeah so i don't know i don't even know what the hell two threat wasn't taking because i know we had wong i had bullseye we had toad somewhere i assume sooner had toad deaton had widow I think Jesse had Honey Badger. Not that I would probably have played that. Anyway, yeah, so we didn't but... we didn't take like Rocket, Nebula, and Bob. Yeah, Nebula is kind of a fan. So I don't either. know. Maybe so... Bob. Bob's actually. I'm actually recently testing with Bob, and he's actually kind of hilarious into this aggressive meta because he's just this immortal imp. 
yeah. you know, who's an amazing sacrifice target randomly. So I don't know. Maybe I should have played Bob. Maybe that was the play. But it, yeah, I, I also just wish I was. So here's a thing that I think was just a mistake for everyone at WTC was once you got picked to play a game, people would just start setting up for their game. And so I should have not done that, which would have meant I would have had to tell my opponent, I'm sorry, but like, let's not set up right now. I want to wait for my whole team to be ready. Uh, because I think almost every single round I was put down very early. And so I would just, I finished the first, I was the first person to finish on our team, like every single round. But probably a lot of that was, I was a lot, I was setting up also probably like five or so minutes faster than everyone else. And I mean, my list was definitely playing fast, but so because of that, I was not involved in any of the pairing process after like the first or second round, basically. And yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to have been a little bit more involved in that in general. And, um, I don't know. It, it's just tough to, to, to stomach it. Cause like, uh, our, we lost twice and when we lost, it was when I lost and it, I wish, I don't know. I, I wish that was maybe a chance. Maybe I was a little more persistent to be in a better matchup. So like, cause my two rounds that I lost were like, I rated them like one out of five. Like I had no expectations of winning. And it, I don't know, would have been interesting. I don't know if that's really of what I would have fixed though, but definitely just being involved in the pairing process in general would have been a probably smarter play just so we have more heads on it and thinking about these things. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you guys think I'm missing something, but I, I don't know what character I could have played instead of Hood, but I probably should have played something. Maybe Cosmic Ghost Rider just to scare everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you had Thanos. But I already had Thanos and people were scared of that. So I'm not sure that would have had an impact on anyone that didn't already have, you know, feel the burn. So I don't know. I, I did like my list though. When I was playing things that I felt were winnable, I felt very much in control and my games ended like frequently on like turn three or four. Things were going really well when they were going well. All right. So my regret, I guess was I, like I said earlier, I didn't plan for, I should have splashed Midnight Suns if I was playing Web Warriors. I also feel like I got, I didn't adapt well to Shield getting nerfed. I spent all year playing Shield, like at least post Adepticon, in in prep for WTC, and then they <laughs> took a crap right at the last minute. So that was that was rough for me, and I I don't think my Web Warriors seemed cool, and I don't think I don't think in hindsight my pivot was correct. I don't I don't think I had enough time or reps to really get back up to speed with them the style i played web warriors back at lvo forever ago is super hard to get away with nowadays models have way more mobility they chase you down a lot easier you have to play some kind of like wide aggro like that aaron does i think for webs i mean other people have success with like amazing spider-man i i mean i did and i did in the league this season i just it didn't work out for me at wtc um, Mike, uh, uh, Rhino and Ulick didn't exist two years ago. No, yeah, that's that's a big thing, right? They're they're a huge problem, and also Norbert brought Gwenpool. She just shredded my characters. So yeah, his entire list just kind of crushed me. In if I wasn't to, playing like, Corvus, collapsing. If I didn't play Corvus, I would definitely have considered or taken Gwenpool. I kept staring at her constantly. You know, like for those two yeah. weeks of list building, 
just thinking All right, to so, myself, why why does no one play this character? Yeah, she's solid. I, I don't really know where her best home is, but yeah, she ignores Spider Tracker and made quick work of my characters. So <laughs> Yeah. All right, well in this well that's on a good note. We'll just do the inverse sooner. What did you think we did were right? I mean, we went three and two and, and one got tenth place. I think that for I think that we prepped well and I think that we got the matchups that I think the prep paid off in the matchup pairing process. Now, I don't know how much those were correct in because I think some people misjudged their, some of their matchups. But I mean, I think that that part of it went like we, like we thought. Yeah. I mean, outside of gameplay, I don't know if there's much else. I mean, obviously we had high expectations and we, you know, failed pretty bad on those so and i don't know if there's a whole lot else game wise but i think we were good sports and we were had good sportsmanship and all of our opponents like playing with us which is you know at the end of the day that's what it's about jesse so positives okay yeah yeah what do we do right i mean i think we did our drafting right right Especially for what we had. I think we all played really well. I think our rounds where we lost were literally like could have gone either way. I think that was pretty apparent. And I, I know Sploosh, you feel like those were impactful because some of those rounds were around that you lost or that I lost or that Mike lost, right? But it, I, I, those games could have gone either way, right? And we just take those rounds, right? Because we those were not bad rounds we lost, right? So I, I'm very proud of those losses at the same time. And I also think too, we like, I don't know. I just think we played really clean with our opponents and we had a good time, which is really important to me because I think this event was really positive event, really fun. Like you guys said, like we never walked away from a table feeling we cheated anyone or they cheated us, or it was like a negative play experience. Right. Um, dice are going to die, things like that. And that happened in some of our games for sure. But I think overall we just, uh, we showed up and played really well and I don't know. I'm really proud of how we did overall. And like I said, I mean, it's a very dynamic, complex format, right? <laughs> I mean, the fact that we have the win rate that we do and, you know, we placed where we did and there's teams that are higher or lower than us with lower win rates and stuff like that. Right. It's just very evocative of how, interesting and complex the format is and um, how teams are rewarded for playing that format really well and i think well deserved so i don't know i think it's all good stuff and i think we actually really worked as a team unit really well and um i do agree with splish's point earlier that maybe going forward wtc maybe just for teams in general if they want to play or maybe the format maybe you just do all the draft before you start the games right and that way the team's present the whole time so something to look at maybe i don't know if it's good or bad just something to keep in mind Deaton I listened to you guys and didn't bring Steve I was very proud of myself <laughs> for that <laughs> uh, just just in case anybody wants a peek behind the curtain here they viciously told me that if I brought Steve they would break my legs and I would not be allowed to play on the team so I chose not <laughs> to bring him no I, I that was not part of this I yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, he says, he says that this. 
he, he says that. Then. Jesse says it to just to protect his podcast. Don't listen. No, they, they were all fine. Everybody was good. I, I do think that. Let's be. Let's be. I can be a very scary man. <laughs> um. No, I think you know. I, I would echo what Jesse said. You know, the team was really cool. Uh, talking to people, like talking to the group. I'd never met Jesse before. Obviously, the other you other guys pretty close to, but that was great. One thing that I thought was my my big. I think we did well. Good sports. Personally, the thing I'm like happy to take away was I've like fallen in love with Deadpool. Like from a game perspective, this is one thing I'm happy to take away. Like he was so much fun, and I was able to play him and have success with him. So uh, yeah, all in all, I, you know, I echo. I would echo some of the sort of disappointment a little bit in, in how things ended up, but certainly the event was phenomenal. A ton of fun was an experience that like was just one of those sort of for me maybe once in a lifetime experiences. It was awesome, and so huge huge thanks to you guys for making that happen and i'd love to come back if if that's possible but if not what a what a fun what a fun thing to do i second that sploosh before i close it out i mean everybody mentioned like the sportsmanship as from our side i think we we excelled at that and that's awesome to see i will just say too i mean we all went in there expecting to win the whole thing and when we weren't winning the whole thing, I was so like proud of us that we stuck together. Nobody was like pointing fingers or, or anything like that. It felt, I felt like an awesome camaraderie, I guess, with these guys that, you know, we were, we were in it together, no matter what happens and just having meals together. There was never like an awkwardness or whatever. It just, so such, it made it such a good experience for me that, you know, we're all super disappointed and yet it's probably going to be one of my greatest like MCG or MCP memories. So yeah, can't say enough about how cool that is. Yeah, I'll, I'll close it out. I'll second that. I, I honestly was pretty disappointed in how I played and just my circumstance. Like I don't think I've ever done as poorly in as individual performance at an event ever. And I feel like in some ways I let my team down. I will say the best thing is my team. Everyone, you know, was didn't didn't blame me, even though I was probably deserved. And I wouldn't choose another group of four four people to play with otherwise. So and it was just a really fantastic experience in spite of me playing some pretty stressful games. Okay. I think we'll close it out there. Thank you for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time.